0: yo this is sam sports podcast i am sam rosenberg i'm here with shaka shervington it is tuesday january 8th 2019 shaka and i have to discuss the wild card weekend it was wild to say the least but of course before i jump into it i have to ask the most important question of the week how's ezra doing
1: now it's fun to see your kid grow up um be a little crazy a little frustrating sometimes when they don't go to sleep or you know they're not eating but it's just those moments where you're changing a diaper and they're staring at you really really quiet and you look at them and you make that eye contact and they start laughing and you're like holy shit this is a living breathing thing (laughs) you know so he's good and in short my summary is yes Ezra is good he's excellent so good to hear.
0: so good to hear that's that's what's really you know that's what's important on my mind and you know now that we've covered the important stuff, let's get to all the excitement that happened this weekend. Um, it was a pretty exciting weekend of football. I, I, I think yeah. you'll agree with me there. Yeah, um,
1: man. A lot of
0: surprises this weekend. Dude, a lot of surprises. I managed to pick all of the underdogs, all the road teams. Um, I was I was three for one, but I think both of us had some surprises that came out of this weekend. Let's start right off. With my Philadelphia Eagles, big dick Nick shocking everybody with a 16-15 win against this Bears team. Man, there's a there's a lot to take away from this game, but uh, I mean, I think my initial reactions, aside from picking apart the game, is that, you know, Nick Foles in this offense, there's something a little different with Foles under center versus Wentz. I'm not I'm not knocking Wentz. I'm just saying it's different. And I'm saying that, you know, he's able to make some big plays when they need to be made. Um Eagles got some help from, you know, some penalties keeping drives alive, but I mean I really think the key to the game was the defense, you know, this de- this defensive line Fletcher Cox, I just think it brought the Bears offense back down to earth. And you know, Nick Foles, yeah, he's great, but the infrastructure and all the all of the pieces around him really allow that Eagles offense to function and play well against a Chicago defense and um I mean, dude, this, this, listen, it was exciting. The double doink, Cody Parkey missing a game winning field goal at the end oh my God. To, to decide the game. We're going to, no, no one's ever going to forget the double doink. We're going to call it the double doink game.
1: That was, that was pretty much, uh, I mean, I, I think I had explained, I, I was watching this with uh, my significant other and just remembering the moment where, you know, Parkey's about to kick the first, uh, first attempt at the field goal and I said, the Eagles are probably going to call a timeout right now. And I'm like explaining what icing the kicker is, you know, explaining why you do it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, on the second kick, I, I'm just, you know, I think she looked away and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I had explained, I was like, it fucking worked. I can't believe they iced them and it worked. You know, just just absolute shock. I think I could—I was looking for my phone to text her. I couldn't even find it. It was just like I couldn't even look away from the TV. But, I mean, what a what a way to end the game
0: what a way to end the game I screamed at the television I Campbell and I were both watching it she was I mean she was just as in shock as I was uh, it was I mean it was a fitting end to a very exciting game and you know heartbreaking heartbreaking loss for a great Bears team a great Bears season they've got a lot to go off of after this year but I mean sure. I mean, they were taken down by some Nick Foles magic, and not just Nick Foles magic. There was some excellent play by the Eagles, but they are the Super Bowl champions. They're getting hot at the right time, and this was not a good matchup for the Bears. And, dude, kudos to the Eagles. They played great. They made plays when it mattered. And, I mean, this is a team. You can't mess around with them. They are not going to be an easy out, not one step of the way. And, uh, I mean, this game against the Bears did not disappoint whatsoever. Any other I takeaways?
1: Think, I still think it remains to be seen that not many teams really have a, a handle on just, you know, Nick Foles in terms of what to expect, especially in that last touchdown drive for the Eagles towards the end of the game where he just, I mean, he just made plays happen. You know, yeah. um, spread of the needle on a couple big passes, one to Zach Ertz, a uh, well, big impress. I mean, just a, a lot of impressive things in the clutch from Foles, which uh, he's proven time and time again. Um last season and this season as well. So I'm really looking forward to to just seeing him continue the magic.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. And, you know, he got a lot of help from great role players, man. Golden Tate. Golden Tate, proven that was a great trade, earning his yes. money. Fourth and goal touchdown. I mean, he threw the same pass to Alshon Jeffrey one play prior, and he did not come down with it. But Golden Tate, man, he Golden Tate's going to – listen, he might not be an Eagle next year, but he's going to be an Eagle's lore for a long time.
1: And someone, I think, in free agency is going to look at that and say, I mean, this guy, he he, he makes big clutch plays. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to be that guy, you know, who gets like four catches for 140 yards in the game. But, I mean, if you're looking for for big clutch, third down, you know, fourth down, um, you know, game-changing possessions, Tate is a guy who can create the separation.
0: Now I, I now I want to give this this is gonna I do want to use this podcast to preview this upcoming weekend. I'd love to revel in the, the Eagles victory, but I do want to give an opportunity to look forward. So now the Eagles go to New Orleans to play the Saints. So this is a Saints team that's been pretty fantastic all year. Eagles played them earlier this season and were absolutely blown out, obliterated and embarrassed in New Orleans. I believe they lost something like 48 to 7. Yep. Um, if I'm correct, the New Orleans Saints, finished 13-3 on the season. Now, granted, one of their losses was a Week 17-whatever game against the Panthers, so the other two losses that they had this season was Week 1 where they laid an egg at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and yep, then they lost bad. that game 13-10 to the Cowboys. That's really the only honest-to-God game where I could see the Saints, see another team suck them in the mouth and, and get the better of them. So... That feels to me like the only real roadmap that the Eagles might have to slowing down and trying to find a way to beat this Saints team. Shaka, do you think that this Eagles defense can slow down this Saints team and possibly pull out a victory in New Orleans? Tell me what you're thinking.
1: Well, this is the part that worries me quite a bit for the Eagles. Um, Going back to what you said about the Cowboys you know, executing so well on defense uh, against the Saints team. It was the secondary that really kind of set the tone for uh, Dallas. I mean, just swarming the receivers, not really giving them much separation at all, and, you know, really clamping down on Drew Brees' open men and opportunities to make big plays. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking at an Eagles defense, which, in terms of you're talking about a strength, it's not so much in the secondary. I nope. mean, granted, I will give them credit, they did play. They played in the last few weeks. They played much better. I, I mean, agree.
0: Their secondary has great. looked considerably better, even considering the fact they're starting third and fourth string players.
1: Exactly. I mean, so many injuries, uh, you know, just piled up on the season that you had a lot of guys pressed into service. Really, I mean, at the time, just were not ready. You know, they didn't really have the, the reps. They didn't have the experience. They didn't have the understanding to play at a professional level. And you're seeing the development. You know, in real time, unfortunately, you like to learn in the moment, you know, to toss into the fire. But I, I, look, the, the Eagles are still in the playoffs, are still fighting. So, I mean, there's definitely been progress made. And now this is going to be the ultimate test because you're looking at a Saints offense that is just a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. And Drew who is, you know, 40 but still as prolific as he's ever been. You know, he's if we're talking about reading defenses and picking apart weaknesses – uh, I mean, look no further than this guy. So, I mean, the Eagles are going to have their hands full once again with uh, Drew Brees and that passing offense. So, I mean, uh, I'm not worried about the front, you know, the, the front line um, defense for the Eagles in terms of, you know, putting pressure on the quarterback and, you know, making um, opportunities to, to get sacks and fumbles. But the secondary, I mean, if they let Drew Brees get into a hurry up offense or something where he can get some quick passes off, uh, I think the Eagles are going to be in trouble.
0: I'm with you. I think this is a bad matchup for the Eagles. Whereas the Bears was a good matchup, this is a bad matchup. You know, all the things that I you you nailed it. All the things the Eagles don't do well is are things that the the Saints are going to be able to get at them on. You know, Drew Brees can throw the ball if he needs to throw the ball. Um, you know, I think that the the Saints offensive line is something that's going to be able to give Drew Brees time to get the ball. It's going to be able to give um, you know Alvin Kamara and 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 Mark Ingram room to run. And, you know, one thing you can't deny with this Eagles team, they have struggled to score all season. There was only a couple of games where they cracked 30 points, two of them being towards the end of the season with Nick Foles. Last week, they were only able to put 16 points on the board. And this is a Saints team that will absolutely, you know, drown you in points unless you figure out a way to do what the Cowboys did and hold them to 10 points. And I watched that Cowboys game. You know, there was a lot of red zone turnovers and, and, and stalled drives for the saints. That's how they got away with only scoring 10 points in that particular game. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Eagles because I am a fan, because I see a way that they can win this game because I do see the possibility of them actually getting underneath the saints skin and, and things breaking right for them. But I also think of last year's Saints uh, playoff game against the Vikings where they went down early against the Vikings. They came all the way back. And es- essentially, if it wasn't for the, you know, the, what was it? what did they call it? The, the Minnesota Miracle or whatever the hell that play was. Yeah. Uh, if it wasn't yeah. for that play, the Saints would have gone ahead and won that game. And it would have been the Saints and the Eagles playing in the NFC Championship. But I see something like that happening again this year. I see this Saints team. Even if the Eagles are winning going into the fourth quarter, they could pull some magic out of their ass and just still find a way to move the ball down the field and kick that game-winning field goal. And it could be a nice little – it could be a haunt from Nick Foles' very first playoff start, which was a loss to New Orleans Saints.
1: Okay. I mean, for me, I'm I'm looking at, in terms of keys to the game here, Avante Maddox is probably going to be the most important player on that Eagles defense, which, I mean, you probably raise your eyebrow and go Maddox. But Maddox has been, in terms of consistency, one of their most up-and-down guys. And, I mean, I can think of a couple games, notably against the Cowboys, where uh, he got taken advantage of in a couple plays. And he did get picked on quite a bit in the, the past game against the Bears because um, he was matched up with uh, Robinson, mm-hmm. uh, Robinson from the, the Bears, and he got beaten a couple times. So you can expect the Saints going back and looking at the game tape Trying to figure out where they're going to take their um their shots at, you know. So I look for a couple deep balls uh, in the direction or whatever side of the field Avante Maddox is going to um, play on. Also, Malcolm Jen- Jenkins, who obviously is a former Saint, did not have a great game last time around. Mm. A Saints team um, yeah. got beaten by Kamara on a touchdown pass play. So I you can expect him to come back into this game hungry and just desperate for another chance to prove that this team that he's with. Is better than the uh, the Saints, so I mean, just keys to the game right there, especially that secondary. A lot of young guys, you know, DeAndre. Um, De- oh, sorry. Um, I'm talking about here. Um,
0: who you t- uh, defender on the Saints. Who are you talking about? Re-
1: is it ReAndre Douglas? I can't remember his damn first name.
0: Oh, uh, oh, was, like, oh, oh uh, Rasul Douglas.
1: Rasul Douglas. I'm sorry, Rasul Douglas is what I'm thinking of. And, and look, they got a couple guys here that really need to step up. Um, I'm thinking of DeAndre Hall. Uh, yes the other yes right. thank you uh safety so they got a couple guys i mean look again it's again and the fact that i can't remember his fucking name they got a lot of guys who are coming out of the woodwork who are just you know all of a sudden you're pressed into big roles you know mm-hmm. you got to go up against pro bowl wide receivers here you got you got a one two just absolute monster of a running back committee to face off against uh, there's they got their hands full man so i really really hope the secondary brings it
0: who are you picking man you can put it out there it's okay. I'm
1: I'm going to go with the Saints on this one. I think it's going it's not going to be this is definitely a different Saints team, particularly on defense. Obviously on offense because Nick Foles is running it. Um but I think especially in defense uh, you you know what? I would be happy to be wrong. I'd be happy to see all of a sudden this monster of a defense just come alive for the Eagles, but I'm going to go with the Saints. They they've looked too good all year and like you said, um those couple of losses that they've had I think the Cowboys' loss really is the only quality loss they've had all season. Yes. Yeah. When you think about it, as a collective for any NFL team, is mind-bogglingly good. Yeah. So I gotta Dude, go with the same on this one.
0: It's. I can tell you right now. You know where I'm gonna be at that time. I'm gonna be watching that game.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Now let's go right into. I'm gonna. I'm gonna move down the docket. If it's all right, I want to jump to the the Chargers Ravens game. Okay. I I thought I, that was I a like very yeah. very interesting matchup. Shocked everybody. I think the Ravens shocked everybody with how poorly they played. Lamar Jackson very much looked like a rookie. He made a lot of mistakes in this game. Uh, you know, I don't think that the Ravens need to be going back. Um, thank God they didn't put Flacco back in the game. I think yeah, that could have created, I yeah, even choice. more controversy because you know he's not going to be on the team next year. Yeah. But this Chargers team was impressive. They came out and they really pushed this Ravens team around from the from jump. I think the fact that the Chargers struggled to score touchdowns was a sign that this Ravens defense is still pretty nasty, but, you know, on the same side, the the Chargers defense really suffocated the Ravens, and, you know, the thing you're hearing about time and time again is how they played seven, you know, defensive backs for most of the game and just suffocated this run game. Everybody was coming in talking about how, and I mean, I believe you mentioned in last week's podcast. This Ravens running team was just going to run all over them and play this 1970s football and nobody knew how the hell to deal with it. Well, turns out Gus Bradley and the defensive coaching staff of the Chargers had a clue. And Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, and Derwin James made their stamp on this game. Holy shit, those guys should be household names for how good they play defensively. And the Chargers, I mean, this was a statement win in my opinion, and I was really impressed. Can you give me some takeaways that you saw?
1: The only thing that I said last week that I said, uh, in terms of the charges, if they had any chance whatsoever of winning this game against the Ravens, um, was if Lamar Jackson beat Lamar Jackson and fumbles, right? Yeah. I said he had three fumbles during the regular season. Granted, he hadn't played a full season already. He had 10 fumbles as a rookie, which is always, I mean, it's a cause for concern. And he had three fumbles in this game, including at towards the end, um, just the game ending fumble. Yeah. Uh, Look, Lamar Jackson's got all the talent in the world. I think he can throw the football, but I think his accuracy is still an issue. I agree. And the Chargers really pressed him on said issue. Uh, one of the things I read looking up on this game, yes, they had seven defensive backs, but it seems that it looked like the the Ravens really haven't changed their offense much in terms of um, gameplay and preparation from when they faced the Chargers the first time. The Chargers were able to go back. And watch the game footage and pick out a lot of things, just telltale signs from anything from uh, the tackle, the left tackle um, on the Baltimore Ravens. He had these giveaway moves, you know, when he, he set himself up in the stance. You know, one foot goes back, it's a pass. If he plants both his feet um, in the same alignment, it was a run. So they were able to predict 60 to 70% of the offensive calls for the Ravens, which is what really, at the end of the day, when you look at how staggered they were on offense in that first half, you know, I mean, Lamar Jackson was two for 10 passing. Yeah. So chargers did their homework and they did it well. I mean, they were able to pick up a lot of keys, a lot of cues. Um, they forced Lamar Jackson, who they they noticed 75 to 80% of the time when the pocket breaks down, he runs to his left. I mean, mm. they were really able to clamp down on a lot of his, you know, as a rookie, who, I mean, who can blame him for being, you know, very much uh, for being predictable yeah exactly and i mean they they played it well so hats off to gus bradley for coming in with an absolute monster of a defensive strategy because who really plays seven d-backs in a damn game um and anthony lynn the coach for actually saying yes let's give this a shot yeah yeah i mean amazing
0: really impressive win by this charger team i'm I'm happy for Philip Rivers. I've always kind of, you know, I've been sort of like a secret little Philip Rivers fan. I think he's a- look,
1: man. We've had we've had a love fest with Philip Rivers on this podcast.
0: Exactly. Right? He's a hell of a quarterback. I think he's a yeah, Hall of Famer.
1: I'm not upset with that assessment.
0: And and so I'm glad, you know, he's able to show up and get his due. I mean, he didn't even have that great a game. I mean, it, again, another testament to how good this Ravens defense is. But you know, I really think the Chargers showed up. Amazing game plan. And now I want to take this and move it right to this coming weekend because the Chargers are playing the Patriots. Yeah. And this Patriots team, not one of the better Patriots teams, but I'm sorry, you get in the Patriots, you get getting in the playoffs, they have a home game, they had a bye. It's sort of like it doesn't matter who the hell they're playing or, or whether they're good or they're bad, you always have to be scared of them. So yeah. I'm looking at this game now, and you made a lot of good points about the Chargers and the Ravens, how much they were able to study this Ravens team, find nuances that they could take advantage of, and they did it. Can they do that against the Patriots? Can they go into Foxborough and do this? Because even as good a team as the Chargers, something happens when teams go to Foxborough and you play Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. It's the playoffs. It's Belichick and Brady. Even though they don't have the same offensive weapons around them, they got no Josh Gordon. Offensive line hasn't played as well. Defense isn't that fast. Why do I still feel like the Patriots have magic coming into this game? Like, you know, what are you seeing? Do you see a path for the Chargers to win this game?
1: Well, let's start with the the the, the daunting and the scary number here: Patriots are undefeated at home this year. Wow! They are, I believe, they're eight and zero. Oh, they are undefeated at home this year, and as as what wishy washy and as run down and as kind of outdated as we've called the machine this year. I mean, eight and zero oh at home for any team. Good, bad, uh, new, old—it's—it's it's friggin' terrifying. That's a daunting task. I mean, you're you're 11 to five on the season, but you're eight and zero at home. The the Chargers are gonna have to come in here with something new. And the one thing I can say: yes, the Chargers did their homework against the Ravens. Yes, they studied the game footage and picked up patterns and telltale habits. I don't think anyone's ever really been able to do that to the Patriots in terms of. Predicting yeah. and making a game plan for you know stopping something common that the Patriots do because there's nothing they really do commonly. Yes, their offense is not really exciting in terms of you know what they do. Like they're not they're not a trick team. They're not gonna come out here and fake punting on you, you know, or do a lot of flea flickers. The one or two times that they do do it, um, it's well within the pace of the offense. It's, I, I mean, the score is usually. The Patriots are up by a touchdown or two by the time they're trying to trick play on you, and that's really just to extend the lead. But when it's close, I mean, just really expect them to be typical, hard-nosed, short, you know, five-yard, ten-yard drag passes. I mean, really whittling you down, wearing your defense down the field before Tom Brady takes a shot or two deep, you know, uh, in the end zone.
0: I'm, now,
1: yeah, they don't have that kind of firepower with Gordon, you know, obviously gone for the season probably forever. Um, so they're going to figure something else out. I I don't know how healthy Gronk is. They've had a little time to rest guys, but just expect Belichick to come out with some kind of package where some random guy that he picks out of a hat is going to be the feature guy this week. It might be Rex Burkhead for all you friggin' know. Yeah. So, I mean, just look for the Patriots to be unpredictable as usual. That's one of their, probably their biggest strengths is that you never know who's going to be the star of the game.
0: Um... it feels very Patriots, you know, like just we're talking about the Chargers trying to figure out a way to take advantage of the Patriots. That's what the Patriots do to everybody yeah. they play. They look at a team and they say, oh, you guys are bad at this. We're going to attack you there.
1: Yeah. And they force you to either correct on it or, you know, challenge them on something else. So, I, I again, the only thing I can say is, yeah, Philip Rivers didn't have a great game last week. But I think after all the times he's bailed his team out over the course of this year, the last four or five years in the NFL. I think he's a lot one game where he's, you know, he can let the defense handle it for him. Sure. So, I think mean, Chargers, this is probably the best defense they've had. And, God, since Sean Merriman's been there. I agree. Uh, so, I would say, look, you let Derwin James do his thing. You let Joey Bosa do his thing. Um, you really put some pressure on Tom Brady because he's not that mobile. You can get – you have guys who, um, who can get back there. I believe Ingram even had a sack last week against uh, Lamar Jackson. So, they have guys who can put the pressure – on Tom Brady in the backfield and just get past that offensive line. Hopefully just to break up his timing enough in his routes, because that's probably one of the biggest, the biggest things about the Patriots offense is Tom Brady getting his timing down. Getting his his timing. And if you can break that up a little bit, I think you have a chance of keeping them out of the end zone.
0: Who are you picking to win this game?
1: I got to go Chargers, man. I love that team. Um, Last year I thought they were a dark horse to make it to, you know, the playoffs. This year they're a much more improved team and I think they're, as far as fundamentally, they're pretty damn sound. They can beat you with the offense. They can beat you with defense. Um, They're young. I I, I mean, granted, that, like I said from the beginning, the biggest daunting task about this is going into, you know, Gillette Stadium and, and pulling out a W. I mean, the crowd noise is going to be uh, just unrelenting. So I, I got my fingers crossed. I'm going to go the slight edge to the Chargers, but
0: that's am I'm agreeing with you. I am also picking the Chargers in this game, you know, for a team that essentially has no home field, never has a home field. You know, whenever the hell they play at home, there's always more fans for the other team. It's true. I just, I think that I sort of feel like this is the right time for them to go into Foxborough. You said it. I think their offense is pretty solid. I think their defense is dominating. And I just, you know, not that I don't respect Brady and Belichick and this Patriots team, I just don't think this is one of the better teams that they've had. I think that they are vulnerable and they can, you know, you know that Dolphins game showed that they, they there are ways to get at this team. That same thing with that Steelers yeah. game. There are ways to get at this team. If you you get point. after Tom Brady, you mess with that timing, you get pressure on him. You know, I think that there will be some... Some smart maneuvering by Bill Belichick, but yeah, this feels like one of the matchups where I can see the Chargers going in here and stealing a victory by like a like a twenty six-24 win, something like that.
1: Also I think it's just time. I, I mean I would lo- I, I don't mind having Patriots not be in the playoffs for the rest of it, just so we have the opportunity just to roll the dice and say we got a more a better odds in. Just a new Super Bowl champion, really.
0: Uh, I would love that. You don't. You know what I don't need is more Patriots playoff football.
1: Yeah, really. I mean, it's uh, enough already. We get it. You're great.
0: Now, next up on the docket is the Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys won a playoff game. I mean, it's just that in itself. Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Jason Garrett. I mean, I was sitting there watching the game with uh. My boy Chase Guthrie and Nick Bannon, a handful of, you know, a couple of Cowboys fans. Well, Nick's not a Cowboys fan, but Chase is. I mean, as soon as they showed pictures of Jerry cheering, I was looking around being like, you're getting an extension. Jerry's giving an extension to Jason. He's giving one to Dak. He's giving out extensions like candy, baby.
1: Hand them out, yeah, man.
0: I mean, it it was an impressive victory. I didn't think the Cowboys were going to pull that out. I, I mean... I think that they played a great game. I think they played a fantastic game defensively. I think that there's some better things they could do with their offense. They could probably get Dak to run the ball a little bit more, but they're getting the ball to Ezekiel Elliott, which is what they need to do. Their offense really moves when they do that. And – you know, uh, which something—it's not a mystery anymore—is I mean, the Seahawks' offensive game plan was pretty embarrassing. The fact that they continued to run that ball when it was as ineffective as it was, and the fact that I they did—they did not utilize Russell Wilson, who's one of the best goddamn quarterbacks in the fucking football league.
1: I've said it before, Chris Carson's had an underratedly good season, but I, I mean, at this point in the you know when the second half comes around, you got to try something new. I mean, I think like it was third
0: and thing. seven, and I saw them run the ball.
1: Just formulaic.
0: It was It was very – I mean, how do you not fire Brian Schottenheimer after this season?
1: Schottenheimer's gotten so many opportunities just to, to kind of come back around. I mean, I, I was – I cringed at the Schottenheimer offense with the Jets. I believe he was a coordinator for the Chargers for a good long while. And, I mean, he had a lot of talent with that team that just saved his butt forever. But, I, I mean, just really when – like you said, Russell Wilson – was one of the best improv guys. I think it also is a good reminder to Seahawks management to get him some more pass protection. Yeah, up front. Just I mean, just uh, until Deshaun Watson took away the, the sack title from him this year, he's just <laughs> one of those guys. You know, always he's always on the scramble in that backfield. So I there's a I think this was a, a statement that the Seahawks are just in terms of pieces that they need to be legit contenders. They were good this year but i mean the cowboys defense just just exposed everything that was wrong with that offense
0: yeah and and the cowboys defense again giving them credit they you know they've really defensively and offensively have turned it around from the beginning of the season you know this was a team that started 3 and 5 their offense was very vanilla and you know yeah. we were all sitting here saying what the hell were they doing and then you know they finished the season you know 8 and nine, 8 and 1 or 9 and 1 and now they're they're in the playoffs they're pulling off a win and now, now, you know, they get to go to L.A. to play the Rams. This, and this is a very interesting matchup. This is really... I am struggling to figure out how this is going to shake off. You're going to L.A. You're playing the Rams, a team which all season had one of the most explosive and exciting offenses that we've seen right up there with Kansas City, and... All we've seen over the last month is the Rams get thwarted by defenses, and we talked about it before. It started with the Lions game. The Lions figured something out. Then the Bears, they didn't win, but then the Bears beat them the following week, and then the Eagles beat them. In my opinion, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, I think the Cowboys defense is probably a little better than the Eagles, at least right now, and... Who's to say that this Cowboys defense isn't also going to figure out a way to slow down and stagnate Jared Goff in this explosive Rams offense? And all of a sudden we're locked in a, you know, 13, 16 dogfight with no time left, and the Rams are trying to kick a 48-yard field goal very similar to the Bears game. I mean, yeah. that could shake out this way. Or the Cowboys could lay a fucking egg, not figure out how to do anything defensively, and then the Rams just blow them out by 40 points. Now, I am thinking about last year's, you know, Rams wildcard game where they lost to the Falcons. You know, there's no gimme here. I mean, Sean McVay's magic has not just transplanted to the playoffs. Um, Give me some of your thoughts about this matchup between the Rams and the Cowboys. What do you think this is going to look like, Shaka?
1: I mean, the Cowboys right now are super hot, and I think this is a dangerous matchup. For this Rams team, this is very similar to last season, where the Rams came out of the gate strong, and I mean, as to as we got towards the end of the regular season, they kind of fizzled a little bit, and then all of a sudden they just they just stumbled into, you know, the playoffs and just washed out immediately. Yeah, this is a much better team. Um, Jared Goff's had a much. Uh, I mean, last year I thought he was pretty damn good. This year he's uh, he stepped his game up considerably, and like I said. Uh, as they've gone a little bit kind of wonky this season, it so goes Jared Goff. He's had a couple last, you know, the last maybe three or four games of the season were a little bit dicey for him. So I think um, coming into this, it's going to be a question of, has the time off been beneficial for the Rams or has it been, you know, detrimental where, I mean, now they're a little bit rusty. The offense hasn't got kind of that go that it should have or did have earlier in the season. And you got a Cowboys team is playing, you know, fighting for their lives every weekend now. And they're still hot and they're, you know, still motivated to go at everybody right now. Um, I will say the Rams are playing at home, so they got the, the advantage from the home, you know, home field advantage. But I will say I'm still very, very wary of this Cowboys defense. They're fast. They're aggressive. I think they might cause Todd Gurley some trouble in the backfield. I don't know if he's 100% either. He's had that groin injury nagging him off and on. Yeah,
0: that's going to be a major part is how healthy is Gurley.
1: You know, also, I mean, um, Brandon Cooks has battled, you know, with concussions and a few injuries throughout the the, the season. So the Rams are a little beat up, and Goff, you know, looked a little bit lost. So there's some questions for this Rams team on offense. So, I I look, this is, I mean, if the Cowboys are going to get a W against them, I think this is the best time possible. You know, the, the way is open for them to come in and steal a victory. But I'm still leaning with the Rams, I think they've got too much firepower. I think their defense is pretty solid. So I, I mean, you know, the, the sky's the limit from right now. They were my favorite um, starting season, and I'm still rooting for them right now.
0: I am also picking the Rams. Uh, I think that it takes a really, it takes a special defense, and and a special team, and a special coaching staff to figure out a way to slow down this Rams team and to get underneath their skin. And as exciting as the Cowboys' defense has played and and as much sort of credit as I'm giving them, I don't see them figuring out a way to stifle this Rams team enough that they can pull out the victory. I don't see the same magic coming out from Dak Prescott that I did see from Nick Foles a couple of weeks ago when they beat this Rams team. You, You know, like... They're gonna to have to. The one sort of thing that I see the Cowboys really, you know, shining with is is Ezekiel Elliott. He's he's their Todd Gurley. If they're able to get him the ball and he can do some damage on the ground and and score a couple of touchdowns, now we're talking. But I I see Jared Goff and this Rams team being able to move the ball. I see them being able to put points on the board, and I see opportunities for Aaron Donald, probably and Dominican Sioux, Sue, few of the other pass rushers to make some good plays and to really crush that pocket. And I don't see Dak Prescott exploiting guys like Akeeb Talib and Marcus Peters. That's what I'm seeing. So yeah. I, I mean, I think it'll it'll probably be a little closer than we think, but I'm also picking this Rams team.
1: I, I really, uh, it's it's going to be a real challenge for the Cowboys in offense, man. Like you said, Amari Cooper has had some solid games. Um, but he's played against some questionable secondaries, and yeah. he's made the best out of it. But um, but the Rams, I mean, they're no slouch. The, granted, they've had a couple games where they've let teams touch them up for points, but, I mean, offensively speaking, you know, I'm thinking of the Chiefs off the bat um, and a couple other teams. But, you know, you got Talib on defense. You got a couple other good um, secondary guys out there. They're, they have the pieces, man, to really, I, I think, run the table in the playoffs. It's just a question of is are they actually legitimately healthy, you know, or are we looking at a team that's, you know, they're kind of caught with one knee down on the ground, you know. Can you get the punch in? So that's really the question for the Cowboys is if this team comes out of the gate looking soft, are the Cowboys going to be able to jump on them from the beginning and, you know, really take advantage of, you know, potentially a team that's not at its best? I don't know. I don't think so. I think the Rams are going to come out here. I think Todd Gurley is going to give it his best. And, I mean, even the backup. Um, at running back,
0: uh, C.J. Anderson oh, or uh, C.J.
1: Anderson, uh, C.J. Anderson, and then oh, is it Malcolm?
0: Malcolm Brown.
1: Malcolm Brown. They, they got a lot of good guys on that team, man. So I, I think they've got the firepower to to really give the Cowboys all they can handle.
0: Now, Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts beat up on the Texans. That yeah. was probably the most forgettable game of the weekend. It was very disappointing to see the Texans just kind of struggle to do anything. It was very sound. It was was a sound beating. Sound beating. Uh, I mean, how else can you put on display the prowess of Quinton Nelson on the offensive line for the Colts? He's really played such amazing football. And considering for years, Andrew Luck did not have an offensive line that could protect him. He was was the guy who held the sack title before Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. (laughs) This is true. And now he's not getting sacked at all, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, right, holy shit, Andrew Luck is fucking awesome, and he's burning down our defenses. And, you know, the Texans saw it on full display. Right when they needed Deshaun Watson to kind of step up and play well, he didn't. And, you know, uh, Darius Leonard is this amazing middle linebacker for the, the Colts. I mean, he's been playing out right. of his mind as well. I look back to when the Eagles beat the Colts in week three, and I start to say, how the hell did they do that? They beat them 20-16 to 16 with Carson Wentz, and, you know, they didn't even play that well in that game. Now, I mean, this fucking Colts team is rolling.
1: Yeah, they look good, man. I mean, look, we, we talked a little bit about just the, the pieces that these guys have, you know, um, on, on offense. You know, we talk about a cast-off tight end and Eric Ebron who he just really underperformed in Detroit and comes here and, is you know... Is a having
0: week. a career year.
1: Just count on him week after week on putting up touchdowns for Andrew Luck. I, I mean, and just goes to show you the value of a good tight end with a good quarterback. So, I, I mean, Marlon Mack, uh, I said he's had a solid season. Yeah. He put up 120-something yards on these guys. I yeah. think it was even better than that. Um, Dude,
0: and I mean, T.Y. Hilton caught a few amazing catches, and he was playing on one foot.
1: Yeah, so, I, I mean, just hats off to the Colts, because I don't think anyone really expected them to come in here and punch a good Houston Texans team in the mouth like this, but that's exactly what they did. They knocked them off their feet to start, and they never really gave them a chance to get back up now um, so I, I'm speechless honestly about that
0: one I mean listen I think the Texans have a lot of looking in the mirror to do this offseason because they had a hell of a team and I think they really sort of sputtered I, I'm personally I think that there needs to be some some focus on the coaching staff I think you know I it's hard to sort of fire Bill O'Brien after an 11 and five season where they win the division but also I don't think Bill O'Brien is a very inspiring coach. I think that there's some skepticism that goes along with his coaching, and I wonder what's wrong with this team. The Colts are just... I mean, let's go right into the next thing. The Colts are playing the Chiefs this weekend. Now... I think it's a tough matchup for the Chiefs. I know that the Chiefs are probably the more exciting version of the Rams, but I still think it's a tough matchup for them, especially because this Chiefs team, just like the Rams, has been coming back down to earth over the last month. You know, they were burning down defenses in the first two months of the season, but then they struggled to win the last couple of games. You know, they had to squeak out an overtime win against the Ravens. They lost to the Chargers. Uh, I mean, this is not a Chiefs team that's just been solid and rolling. And you've got to also combine it with the fact that it's Andy Reid in the playoffs again. As innovative and as exciting as Andy Reid has been, he is notorious for having poor clock management and choking in games in the playoffs. You don't believe me, go back to Andrew Luck in 2013 when he beat them 45-44 yeah. and had to come all the way back from 20 points down.
1: So, I mean, there's no argument really right there on in terms of Andrew Reid, or Andy Reid's uh, just track record in the playoffs. Granted, a lot of those losses were just close games. I yeah. mean, but at the end you know a lot of questionable clock management towards the end of a lot of those games which was i mean still still his knock in terms of you know what were you thinking after you know just a masterful performance of a coaching game and all of a sudden the last 2 minutes just completely fucking it up yeah uh, now i i i really can't say this is the same you know offense as he's had for the last few years, this is uh, an absolutely stellar. Tennessee. I mean, this
0: is something special. Patrick Mahomes threw 50 touchdown passes. Young
1: guys, man, young guys. They they this team can be together for a long time potentially offensively. You know, um, even without Kareem Hunt, it's it's still a pretty. They are still
0: team. putting up fantastic numbers.
1: So I mean, the question is right now is. Is this real or not? And, I, I mean, it's going to be a, a big t- – look, I'll say this. I'll just put it like this. If the Colts come in here and win this game, to me, that's probably the biggest upset of the season, hands down, I would say. Because when you look at just the, the trajectory of both of these teams to start the season to now, to meet in the playoffs, and to have Andrew Luck come in and roll over this Chiefs team, I'd be I'd be absolutely stunned. I, I, I mean, it's, to me, it would be a classic game right there in terms of, uh, and also I would think that would be, uh, who knows, maybe people would look at Andy Reid maybe kind of getting pushed out the door a little bit. If they He can't bring this team to, uh, I mean, a championship level. I don't know how else you're going to get. you got a guy who throws 50 touchdowns in his first full year at quarterback, and you can't get past the Colts who are uh, – Who
0: started one in five?
1: Yeah, I mean, just uh, – I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't know what to tell you.
0: I mean, it might – listen, I, I, I don't think that you're out of line. I think that you probably I think he could be in the boat of Marty Schottenheimer getting fired after 14 and 2. I mean, when yeah. you go that far and you have that much of a track record of choking in the playoffs that many times, sooner or later they have to just finally say we need to get somebody else in here who can do the job better than you. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. I mean, listen Andy, where yeah. you could win this game and and could play convincingly cuz I mean, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think that the Chiefs defense is not particularly impressive. I, I think that I think that uh, you know Andrew Luck's offensive line is going to give him plenty of time to do whatever he wants to do, and he's going to test that secondary. T.Y. Hilton is going to get his. Eric Ebron is going to get his. Marlon Mack is going to get his. But then I, it, it almost feels like the game is really in the hands of, is this Chiefs offense, which has been very exciting all season, are they going to be able to take advantage of the Colts? Are they going to be able to move the ball? Are they going to be able to score on them? Is it going to turn into another you 45-42 know, game? And I mean, I'm thinking it probably will, and I'm picking the Chiefs. I think that in, in when it comes right down to it in this deep shootout, I think the Chiefs have the firepower to outlast them. They've got the home stadium. It's certainly not an easy win for the Colts, but you and I both know that there is a path to the Colts winning this game. There's been yeah. too much bad luck and too much poor clock management with Andy Reid, too many horrible losses for the Chiefs for us to think that they're just going to smoke the Colts. But I'm going to give the benefit of the doubts to the Chiefs. I think they have a pretty darn good team. And I think this is – you know, AFC championship game might be a different discussion, but I think this one they're going to take the Colts. Who do you think's going to win?
1: You know what, man? I'm rolling with you on this one. I, I can't I, I can't, in good conscience root against the Chiefs on this one. They've just been too good this year. I mean, Pat Holmes is, you know, an MVP candidate. Yeah. And his first full year, which, I mean, I don't think any of us saw coming. I think we saw the upside, obviously. But just not the coming to fruition like this. Um, and, I mean, the defense, granted, we've said they haven't been great. They've got great pieces on defense. It was just nice to see them actually come together and play cohesively in a big game. Um, but Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck. I think he's going to get his points off. Uh, I think it's going to be a much closer game than people are probably predicting. Mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs are still going to come out here and win this one, especially at home.
0: Yeah. Dude, I'm I'm with you. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really exciting weekend of football. And, uh, dude, some of the best playoff football I think I've, I've – some of the best playoff football matchups I've seen in a long time, and I I have every expectation that it will not disappoint.
1: This is going to be a fun weekend, man. I like
0: it. Yeah. All right, man, let's get the hell out of here. Um, everyone, thank you very much for listening to Sam Sports Podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You can like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at Jones. You can always email Shaka and I at station at gmail.com. Um... We're going to get the flock out of here. Watch these games. We'll be back next week to break down the divisional matchups and then start to talk about the conference championship games as we get down to the Final Four and start to get a real picture as to who's going to be into this Super Bowl. Shaka, are you excited for this weekend?
1: Yes, man. Look, I, I get it. The Patriots are great, but I would like to see somebody else win it this year.
0: Amen. All those Patriots fans who might shit on us and hate on us right now, sorry, this is how we feel. We would much rather have somebody else in the mix right now, and we're both picking the Chargers. Deal with it, motherfuckers.
1: It's not personal.
0: It's not personal. Just business. <laughs> All right, we're going to get the hell out of here. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Take it easy. Bye-bye.
1: Enjoy the games.